Come on. Welcome to Lifeblood. This is George G, and the time is right. Welcome to today's guest, a strong and powerful Juliana Lamb. Juliana, are you ready to do this? Let's do it. Let's 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 do it. Juliana is the co-founder and CTO at Stitch. They're an organization helping companies go passwordless, improving security and user experience. Juliana, tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, and why you do what you do. Awesome. So I grew up in a ski town in Idaho. So I'm now in San Francisco working, um, you know, as a software engineer and founder, come a long way um, in the past um, 10 plus years. And uh, I think uh, a lot of sort of why I have gotten into entrepreneurship is just growing up, spending a lot of time um, pursuing my passions. And that happened to be figure skating growing up. So definitely a very different career now but i think um from an early age i I was just taught to um really sort of dream big and um that you know hard work does pay off and so i felt like i've always sort of i've looked for different passions to pursue and, and really given it my all um so i i started studying computer science when um i got to stanford and uh have sort of stuck with that ever since um, I think what I really enjoyed about computer science and building things is that you can have a really massive impact and, you know, build something that people are going to use, are going to get value from. And so I've sort of continued um, to follow that passion since uh, and somehow ended up in sort of like the developer tool space, uh, which I think if you told me, you know, 10, 15 years ago that I was going to dedicate my life to building developer infrastructure, I probably would have had no idea what you were talking about, but um, I think the the value there is that not only are you building things for individuals, but you're building something that different companies are going to use and is going to have an impact on their end users. And so the scale of impact you can have working in this space is, is really massive. And I think that's one of the things that, that gets me excited about it. Um, and what we're doing here at Stitch is helping companies transition to passwordless authentication. Um, from previous experiences, we saw how hard it was for developers to build uh, their user authentication systems, but then also how broken sort of authentication is on the web today. Um, you know, we're still relying on passwords, which we've relied on since sort of the birth of the web. Um, technology has come so far the way that you use online accounts has evolved so much. We have just so many different online accounts today and and the password hasn't really scaled with that. And so um, there's all these different ways that you can now authenticate online and we're trying to make it easier for companies to um, sort of modernize their authentication. Nice. Fascinating. Well, certainly congratulations on, on the journey so far and all the growth. It's pretty incredible to grow up in a, 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 like you said, a small town, figure skating, off to Stanford, become an engineer, and then from that to make the leap to entrepreneurship and then again to, to I, I don't know if I'm using the right language or not, to make another leap to raising $30 million in funding, that's that's pretty extraordinary. 
Yeah, definitely. I, I would say it's it's been a bit of a whirlwind starting this company over the past 18 months or so. Um, I think I, I definitely have spent a long time sort of in the startup space and um, wasn't even sure that I wanted to be a founder when I was sort of starting out in software engineering. Um, but then I think seeing um, what people were building and sort of the impact you could have as a founder, I started to get more interested in it. But yeah, definitely, um, if you told me where we'd be today, uh, when we were first starting out, I think, you know, my co-founder and I were trying to decide if we quit our jobs in May of 2020, which was probably not the best time to be quitting a job and, and you know, going out on our own. But um, been really fortunate to, you know, I think be built that thing. Yeah, no, that's that's super exciting. So, uh, just I'm I'm fascinated by how people's brains work because I, I imagine that you and I can look at the same set of facts or problems and 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 really view things very differently. As you are evaluating your, and correct me if I'm wrong, it's it's your goal to help organizations go passwordless, improve security on 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 the internet and in life. And with so many different technologies changing, how how do you how, how do you evaluate what tools to use to serve your clients? Yeah, it's a really good question, and I think it's part of the reason that what we're building has a ton of value is just helping people navigate that. Because I think using username and password to log in to a site is is a super known pattern. People know what that looks like, right? And so now you have all of these different ways that you can authenticate and sort of figuring out, you know, which ones make sense when and where uh, can be really challenging. Um, some of the examples there would be like SMS, um, one-time passcodes, email magic links. You can use OAuth, like sign in with Google and Facebook. Um, you can use, there's a new standard called WebAuthn that lets you do touch ID on your Mac, et cetera. Um, so there's all these different things that you can sort of use and um, put together in, in different combinations to build your user authentication. And so um, a lot of what we do is, is sort of your question, right? It's like, how do you figure out which ones of these make sense? Um, some things we think about are sort of the like security of it. Um, you know, how could somebody potentially take over an account if they gained access? Um, and how easy would it be for them to gain access to that sort of um, device or core account? Uh, this like magnitude of people that this might work for. Um, so WebAuthn, for example, that Touch ID um, authentication method, really secure. You have to basically take over the physical device, right? But not every phone or um, laptop has biometrics built in. So it's not sort of universally applicable. If you lose that phone or laptop, all of a sudden you have to figure out how to recover the account as well. And so that can introduce a lot of complexity. Um, and so it's sort of like thinking through all of these things, but then also thinking through like what you're protecting with this authentication. Um, something that we are big fans of is what we call um, sort of like right sizing and just in time authentication. So if you're getting read access to one of your accounts, that's a pretty low risk interaction that you're going to do. And so the level of security that you need 
to get read access from your account is probably very different than the level of access to get write access to that account. So if you want to go and move money now or you want to change a shipping address, those are, are really big fraud vectors. And so um, that's when you should layer in sort of additional factors of security, like maybe, you know, the SMS or biometric authentication, um, whereas sort of getting initial access to the account could be something really um, sort of simple, like an email magic link. And so this is what we spend a lot of time sort of thinking through is like, what are fraud vectors or risk vectors associated with these different authentication methods? Um, what is the um, sort of experience for the user of these different authentication methods? Are you introducing the right amount of friction at the right point in time? Um, and then thinking through things like, uh, do you have primarily a mobile app or mobile and desktop? All of these things can, can mean very different sort of user experiences. Um, SMS on mobile, for example, is really fantastic. You have the autofill where you can sort of one tap the passcode and it'll um, log you in right there. Uh, whereas desktop email tends to perform very well. So there's a bunch of like sort of complexity that goes into making these decisions. And um, that's what we spend a, a lot of time thinking about and then also helping our customers think through. Yeah. Certainly, certainly a lot. How, how, how do you, do, do you need to understand how, how it works or do you, uh, obvi or perhaps is it possible for you to understand how these, how all these technologies work? Obviously you're the founder, you're, you're the chief technology officer. Um, I don't know if I'm asking the right question or not. Yeah, I think understanding how all of these work is, is pretty important for us. And um, part of our goal is to abstract that away from um, our customers to some degree, because uh, there's a lot of complexity here. Um, the, the space is evolving as well. And so having a really good understanding of, you know, what's going on behind the scenes, I think is, is pretty important. And then that helps us um, communicate to our customers like what they need to know and understand as well. Um, we aim to make it really simple to integrate all of these things so that um, you know you you can just like drop in a couple lines of code and, and get up and running and, and not have to go and yeah do a ton of research into like the web auth end specification because that's probably not what your average company should be spending their time thinking about. Right. But um, for us, that's sort of core to what we do. What are you? Are, are there certain things that, that that you're seeing on the horizon that you're super excited about? Yeah, I, I think just like the prevalence of biometric authentication, um, this new web authentication specification um, is really interesting. It just makes it easier to do um, biometrics on different devices. Um, I think that when you're talking about like user experience and um, security is, is kind of like a win-win situation. Then there's like a bunch of edge cases you have to think through with like the device loss, et cetera. But um, I think the increasing prevalence of biometrics will help to um, both secure accounts and make it easier for you to log in to all of yours. Um, I think there's, there's interesting stuff happening with Web3 as well. I think that really changes how you sort of view online identities. Um, and aims to give like consumers more control. I think that'll be 
a trend that happens sort of regardless of, of giving you as a user a little bit more like visibility into your accounts, ownership over them. Um, something we talk about a lot is, is sort of being um, that like identity layer where you can maybe see all of your like connected Stitch accounts um, in the future and like be able to um, provision or deprovision data to different companies. I think that like um, consumer ownership of your identity is something that uh, will probably continue to evolve over you know the next decade or so. Um, so I'm excited to see what that looks like. I think we're still really in the early days. Um, so I, I don't know exactly what that what that will mean for people, but I think that we'll see this shift continuing to um, happen. Yeah, fascinating. And you mentioned that that certainly the tool that that you're using to protect something is is essential, but then it's also super important to be mindful of what it is that you're actually protecting. And something that just kind of jumped into my head and it could be way off off the wall and not something that you're involved with at all but just how do we know that what we're watching or listening to is actually the authentic thing so for example if the president were to make a make some kind of a statement and then somebody took it and altered it using some kind of a new technology so he or she says something that's totally different um, is there a way for us through authentication or security to know that, nope, that's fake or no, that's actually real? Yeah, so not something that we focus too much on, but I do think this like sort of Web3 evolution will um, address some of that where now you can um, like sign stuff basically and have like that um, sort of I guess, yes, yeah, signature uh, on something that's online. Um, so you can like sign an image or a video or whatever it might be and like show the authenticity of it. Um, so I think that will be something that's really interesting where, um, yeah, there is this problem of like one, just sort of lack of like ownership over online assets. Um, you don't really sort of like own anything online for the most part today the way you might own like artwork or your house even right um and so being able to sort of have that ownership uh and then with that comes that sort of um, signature of authenticity of like um is that the original artwork or is this a, a fake or something which i think can be really interesting when you're talking about um some of these problems around sort of like the fake news or um, these like deep fakes where people are, um, you know, creating videos um, that look like a, a real person, right? But um, it's it's completely um, made up. And so I think that'll be something that, that we continue to like need to prioritize as well, because um, I think, yeah, the, the web has just evolved so much in, in the past 10 years. And so I think in a lot of ways, like the way that we use it hasn't necessarily kept up with the pace of adoption and just like how much we do online today and so it'll be really interesting to see this trend that's sort of happening that has that bigger focus on like ownership and authenticity online so it's it to a degree going to be pretty funny and in, in 50 years people are going to look back at how we interacted with important information on the internet and be like oh my gosh they just put their information out there and anybody could see it <laughs> Yeah, definitely. Um, and yeah, that's what we spend a lot of time thinking about is like, what, what is that going to look like, right? And, and how are we building for that future? 
um, because I think we we're pretty confident that it's not going to look like it, it, it looks like today. And right. we, we have a lot of ideas of, of what it'll be. But um, I think, yeah, we'll, we'll probably all look back and, and laugh at um, just how we interacted with all of our online accounts and data and all of that. Just fascinating, right? How do you how do you keep yourself secure and your information secure and and all of that as 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 things continue to change and do so so quickly? So, I feel like you and Stitch are are going to be relevant for a long time, Juliana. Amazing. At least, hopefully, anyway, right? <laughs> That's the plan. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Well, Juliana, the people are ready for your difference making tip. What do you have for them? I think paying attention to how you authenticate with all of your online accounts, being really mindful of, you know, not reusing passwords across a ton of different online accounts um, and making sure that, you know, you you have really top level security, two factor, et cetera, um, with your most important accounts like email, bank account, et cetera. I think, you know, we're hoping to make this even easier for you in the future, but I think if you were to you know, take one thing away from this is that um, it, it's being mindful of the passwords that you do have, making sure they're secure, making sure you're locking down your important accounts, because um, there's a lot of sort of fraud risk out there. And, and you can be, um, you can take action today to help protect yourself. Well, I think that, that is great stuff that definitely gets, come on, come on. Juliana, thank you so much for coming on. Where can people learn more about you? How can they engage with you and Stitch? Awesome. Thanks for having me. Uh, you can check out stitch.com or um, my personal Twitter is Juliana Elam. I'm pretty active on there. Excellent. Well, if you enjoyed this as much as I did, show Juliana your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas, go to stitch.com. That's S-T-Y-T-C-H.com. Follow Juliana on Twitter. I'll list both of those in the notes of the show. Thanks again, Juliana. Thanks for having me. And until next time, keep fighting the good fight as we are all in this together.